from our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe. The following has been crafted with care for your enjoyment. Told in texture. Mixed mayhem made marvelous. The sparkling canvas. Winning in pieces. My life in pieces. Titles become very important parts of the creative journey. How and what do you call something that's come together thanks to so many incremental steps? Something that's composed and constructed from raw and real work. As I listened and relived my interview with Andrea McKenzie a few weeks ago, it struck me how important this title might be. It is, like the work in conversations with Andrea, layered, complex, and vibrant. Now, I came to know Andrea thanks to an introduction from a fellow artist, Calvert Jones, for those taking note. When I came knocking on her virtual door, she graciously let me in opened up about her glorious art, and broke down what it means to be an artist, an entrepreneur, and quite frankly, a hustler. Not a hustler in a bad way, but in the way that's intangible, untamable, indomitable. A hustle that breaks and builds, that creates despite chaos, and that thrives and inspires. Good morning. Good day, or good evening, and welcome to yet another installment of the exciting preseason of 54 Lights. For those just joining, or those joining as a matter of habit, remember that this season we're diving headfirst into the deep end, dedicating each and every episode to seeing one corner of the African continent. We're going to march the African map, and all 54 countries in it, one story. Time. But before we do, we're going to embark on some really deep and meaningful conversations in what I'm calling the preseason. Without further ramble, let's lean in and listen up to My Life in Pieces, featuring Andrea McKenzie. Andrea, I'm going to ask you three questions. And those three questions, I'm going to ask you in a short and succinct way to complete the sentence, even if it's, you know, maybe one word, if you can. So the first sentence is this. Without my canvas, I am blank. Lost. Without my culture, my work is. My work wouldn't be as great as it is. Without my conviction. I would be incomplete. Who is Andrea McKenzie? Andrea McKenzie, me, is originally from Trinidad and Tobago. I come from a long lineage of creatives, designers, artists. In fact, my grandmother was an artist and pianist. And my dad was very big in Trinidad and Tobago carnival culture. He had a mass band and all these different things. So at an early age, 
at nine years old, I learned to craft these costumes and, you know, I was always, I could always draw and paint. It was always a nice passion for me, an outlet for me as well. You mentioned that your grandmother was a, a, a pianist, I think, and a painter. Is that what you just said? Yes, yes. So I'm curious, did any part of you want to go into, let's say, music or want to go into just sort of kind of like a normal, straightforward painter or a musician, maybe a pianist? Um, I. I love music. Unfortunately, I'm a terrible singer <laughs> in that aspect, <laughs> but I sound great, <laughs> you know, in, when you're in alone, my huh? studio and my shower, <laughs> amazing. But, um, I've, and I used to do acting in school as well, but I also really love the artistic sense, you know, um, I just love it and fashion as well. So to me, it was just like a hobby, you know? Mm-hmm. Just a side thing. I went to school for business and marketing, and it was my little secret, if that makes sense. A little passion project on the side. Yeah, it was a little passion project on the side. You know, I wanted to. It's funny how life steer you in so many different directions, because I would not imagine that I will be doing this full time and here. Yeah, that uh, that's remarkable, and we're gonna we're gonna get to the business of art and how you sustain yourself because that's a remarkable story that the audience has to has to hear. But I just want to maybe take a second more and understand when you were growing up and when we were young and you started to dabble in the in in the arts, let's say, and even when you were studying, when did you sort of like come across this signature style of yours, which is really this visual. Uh, like this visual art, but it really is constructed and conceived with all different mil- materials and textures. Like how did yeah. that, how did that get birthed that, in your mind? Even That, that, that came about because of my interest in carnival, you know, seeing how these people would bend wire into different shapes and forms and add feathers and, you know, and all these different things. So I remember breaking up uh, different, bottles alcohol bottles and forming with glue at that time you know many years ago and forming these images so it was always there in carnival we use so many different forms of expressions and materials and you know cloth and so when I left Trinidad and I came to Atlanta I told myself the only way that I'm gonna stand out the only way that I'm gonna make it is really involve my culture in it you know yeah for sure. a piece of me so I developed I just let's say perfected what I was doing before if that makes sense it really does it really does and by the way for fans who are interested and curious about what Andrea is talking about and what I'm talking about you can visit Andrea's website which is actually called Andrea Unique Art which actually is perfectly apropos because it is quite unique stylistically it does seem to include your culture in there through sort of like the carnival and the colors is that is that fair is that how you feel that your culture shows up in your work course you know it's a part of me everything that I put on that canvas is a part of me mm-hmm. every motion every expression every material everything is me so you will always go somewhere and know Andre McKenzie piece you know I like to keep my art authentic yeah that's great 
Um, I was going to ask this question at a different time, but it feels like it's apropos right now. When you are creating your pieces, um, which are just just remarkable, vibrant, and full of life, as you said, you, you you're sort of putting a piece of yourself in 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 every piece that you do. How does it feel as an artist that that, that puts so much into your work to to give that away to somebody else? And I and I know in in most cases there's a transaction, right? Like you paid, or it's a commission, or there's something. It, yeah, you know, you're, you're not necessarily giving it away. Transaction because we all have responsibilities and bills, mm-hmm. but also there's an t- attachment to some pieces. For sure. You understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> this is a part of you and with every artist, well, at least with me, I always pray that it goes into the right hands and mm-hmm. it usually does. Someone that really connect to that. It's like your baby. It's like you're given. It's like my art, I will say, is like my vision board. It's like my book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's telling a story about my life in different ways, but it's up to the person to have that unique eye to recognize that. Yeah. Because sometimes what may be going on with me, you know, it might be happening to someone else and they see how I get out of it through my artistry. Yeah. You see. So you always pray that is the right person. It usually is, you know, the person that connects, but there is a bond there. Because it's like you're giving away, you just actually <laughs> a piece of your life. And you're I was gonna to say, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a, it's a it's it, it must feel like it's a bit of an emotional process because, and I'm actually just just randomly on average, how long does it take for you to like to go from from you know from zero to 100 percent with your pieces? How much uh, how much time does it take? And that's a silly question because oh, I know it's it a creative could, it process. Could it's a creative process. It could go from days, weeks, mm-hmm. months. It depends on what I'm creating. It depends on what I'm doing mm-hmm. and the type of person. I don't like to leave projects undone. Mm-hmm. I have a big issue with that. So I will try and try. Like when I did my Nefertiti piece that you saw, you know, that took a while because I had to do over that headpiece to my liking three times. But third time a charm, you know, I was determined to get that done and it worked out. It all depends on the project, you know, For it sure. really depends on the project. I, I'm curious in terms of those projects, right. As they come up, I do understand that, that you have, you know, you have original artwork that is done. You, you, you also like people I'm assuming can kind of contact you to commission pieces to be done. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a collaborative process there, but um, they'll seem like two very different things and they're very distinct things. Do you prefer the challenge of like creating something from scratch and having it connect with somebody, you know, such as myself, who's just sort of passing by and, and stumbles upon your art and is inspired to, 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 to ask and, and to find out about it? Or do you prefer the challenge of saying, hey, Andrea, somebody's calling you up and they said they, they've got something in their mind and they want, you to, they want you to give life to it? Well, you know, unfortunately for me, I'm, I'm a sucker for a challenge. I don't <laughs> do it, but Again, it depends on the project because sometimes people approach me with with a commission work that makes me think, that makes me research. You know, like when I did the project for the middle passage, you know, I had to go back and read and research and formulate, you know, what I'm gonna do. But it's a good, you know, it's a good and a bad because you can't really satisfy everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either they get it or they don't. But when I'm creating from me, 
this is just me you know it could flow so it really depends on what it is yeah. you know i'm i'm happy any which way you know what i'm saying i'm happy when people unveil my pieces and uh, tears of joy yes because they're so impactful you know yeah so, i saw i saw a couple of um of, of sort of like uh reveals of of gifts i suppose that were given from uh, you know different family members or a husband and wife um on uh, on i think it was on your instagram or i may have stumbled it across it just on youtube or somewhere yeah and the gentleman who was receiving the piece literally was weeping and i i had no sound on yeah, at the time see, and i was i was just like I oh think- my gosh so touching <laughs> I think that was the Muhammad Ali piece yes. his wife got for him. Yes. And funny story about that, he actually has been following my work for years. And mm. when they realized I was in Georgia, you know, she decided to get a piece. So he was shocked I was even in his home because <laughs> she asked me to come personally. To deliver to it, do yes. That. And um, it all worked out, you know. And sometimes I'm actually stunned by the the reactions i don't post all of my commission work of course to the respect of the families you know but when i do when clients do do that for me it's always encouraging and i know that i am doing what god wants me to do you know yeah and and that's one of those pieces where as you said before like you know it's going to a great place you know that it's being received with such warmth yeah. so it was it's a beautiful moment that you uh captured and I'm so I'm so glad that I was able to see that because it shows the profound effect of your artwork you did mention though that that you're um <laughs> you're a sucker for a challenge so I'm I'm curious to ask you you moved from Trinidad and Tobago where you're from mm-hmm. originally and you found yourself in Atlanta Yes, and let me tell you, yeah. um, it was it was such a great idea, you know, when I was doing it. And when I reached here, I was like, what am I doing, Lord? But did you know people in Atlanta story, or did you have no, like No, no, I or... moved here. No, I have no family. I had no friends. I didn't really know anybody here. I just moved on my own. Wow. And eventually I met people through mutual friends and stuff. But a friend of mine from Trinidad introduced me to, you know, someone he knew here, luckily, and we became friends. And she's still actually my friend. She's with me in most of my events. But I moved here by myself. And I will tell you this. It was an impulse move. And I'm happy I did it. Because if I didn't, I would have let fear set in and doubt and I'll be scared because this is a whole new country (laughs) this is a you know I gave up everything I ever known I was born and grew up in Trinidad I came here with a suitcase when people got knowledge that I was coming here to do visual arts they thought that I was extremely crazy because who does that (laughs) you know uh, it's not like I'm coming to be a doctor lawyer I'm coming to do art but I just I wanted more for myself you know, I, I felt mm. trapped. I felt trapped in Trinidad. It's too small. It's too, you know, it became too complacent for me. I wanted more. So, so let me just get this straight. So you, you, you pack your bags, you make a decision. I'm going to move to, I'm going to move to a, a Atlanta. You yeah, didn't have a job lined up. You didn't have family. No, or- and, no, 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 no job, no family. You know, um, I got my stuff together in terms of my papers and mm-hmm. yeah, that was it. I wow. took the leap. I came across here. Was Please. your goal to um, to start your visual arts business here? Yes. 
there's no plan B and C. It's, it's all in or not at all. I didn't want to hear anything. This is what I wanted. You know, luckily, before I went from Trinidad and Tobago to D.C. and New York, you know, back and forth doing art. So I had some sort of clientele, but I didn't know anyone. I didn't know Atlanta, Georgia. So I basically had to learn everything for myself. I had to learn how to live in the States, how to function, what to do. Um, and I had some serious low moments, you know, mm. some scared moments, some terrifying moments. But I feel like if when you're in the storm, you just really need to focus on that light. And you really need to keep going. So I use social media as my um, advertising and marketing board. Why not? It's free. So people started to learn of me in Atlanta. You know, I will go out, meet people. Just, and here I am. Here I am. It, wow. And I was, when I look back, I tell myself, wow, you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because... Well, on a... <laughs> what was your family saying? I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, oh, for they sure. They were like, why? Why do you want to go a place you don't know? Why do you, you know, there was a lot of whys, but I'm like, listen, sometimes in life, God planted a seed in my heart and I had to follow it. And I know it, it my, my journey isn't for everyone. Your journey is for you. Your vision is you. Some people might try to talk you out of it because they are fearful. They can't do it. So you can't let people project their fears on you. Now, I'm not saying pack your stuff and go crazy to a whole new country. Don't mm. know. Be, no, have a plan. You know what I'm saying? Have yeah. a plan. I researched here a little. I researched here as well before I came up. You know, I came here with a certain amount of money and all that stuff, too. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that in terms of like, you know, business and, and planning and all of that. I, I think from what I understand, Atlanta at the time, and maybe still is, was a good place for female entrepreneurs. Like it was a burgeoning place for female entrepreneurs. Course, yeah, it's, so, it's great. Uh, yeah, like a great spot there. Nonetheless, that is it is quite a leap. But I, I love that that caution that you're giving to people is to say, hey, you know, make your own plan and, and charge and forge forward. Your journey as a businesswoman and as, as an artist, you know, one in the same, I suppose, in there, um, what has given you, like, what, what has, you know, what was a milestone moment for you that allowed you to think, like, or allowed you to reinforce and know, like, I made the right decision, this can work, I can do this as, as like, a full-time thing, I can be a full-time artist? I feel like if... When my last job didn't work out, that's when I started to feel really trapped, you know, like I wasn't satisfied in a normal job because I'm a creative. And before I was running from that, and then eventually I said, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. So I'm going to pursue that. A lot of people did not know I was so good at it, you know because I never showed people my pieces. And when my dad saw, he said, let's do a show. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, because you're kind of scared of what is going to go on. And he did the show for me. It was called Pieces of Me. And I sold three quarter of, of my, my artwork. So I had 20 pieces. I sold 15. And that's when I said, you know what, this could work. But 
I knew that I had to do it as a business. You know, art is great, but let's be realistic. So that's how I started off. So when I was going, and then, like I said, Trinidad was too small. So I wanted to explore different markets. That's why I used to go to New York. I used to go to um, DC and stuff, you know? All the streets, of, all that's of these how I met in, industry the, shows and, and displaying your work and, and getting yeah, your displaying work in your my work, there. meeting new people, yeah, just checking out the culture. That's how I met Dick Gregory, you know, mm-hmm. may he rest in peace. And he was really a good person. I painted him live, and so I have so many different <laughs> stories. But at that moment, you know, art really made me into the woman that I am. Art made me breathe. You know, art, art really made me grow a lot. Mm-hmm. And I found myself again. You said something really profound to me yesterday um, um, when we were talking about art being your husband. Yes, I always <laughs> say that when people laugh. Can you I explain that, what that means? Art is like we're in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they get you angry, but you love it, so you can't leave it alone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you don't like it all the time. It gets you frustrated when you want a piece to come out a certain way, and then it isn't. And and that's the moment where I relax. That's when I need to take, you know, time. So it's like I'm on this whole... um romantic series (laughs) with my craft so I always call it my husband because it's there with me 24-7 you know this is my life I get upset with it sometimes you feel to quit but guess what you can't because you love it (laughs) and this is what you want to do so you learn to deal you know what I'm saying yeah, for sure. I can, with, I can. With, with them. I mean, everyone knows how that marriage goes, you know. You're not going to like the person every day, but you love them. <laughs> so you stay and, and make it work. So it's the same thing like like my artistry. I, I love that. I love that analogy. And I think everybody can relate to either a person or a thing that they love that they're in a relationship with that is both constructive and destructive. When I look at your art, I'm I'm prone to, to, to just in, in amazement to, 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 to sort of go to a joyous place. I want to talk about the constructive. What piece, I mean, it, it's a silly thing to say, but what, is there one piece that you have created over the course of your career that you say, man, I really enjoyed the process. I really enjoyed the outcome. That was a, <laughs> a great part of my marriage. <laughs> Listen to me. I cannot see. There's one part, honestly, there's so many different pieces that have challenged me and, you know, pulled different emotions out of me. So there's not one, I can't picture just one because every single piece is unique in its own way, means something profound and important to me, you know. Just like a marriage, not one time. There are many times, you know, so. For sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, I give, I, tell myself Andrea well done because sometimes you have to pat yourself on your back you have to be your biggest cheerleader you know you have to motivate yourself sometimes it takes self-motivation you don't want to do something but it has to be done right yeah 
I can imagine. But but you know what? I think I, I hope I hope you feel that you've reached a part in your career where you're not the only one patting yourself on the back because I'm so uh, I'm looking at the litany of people who have responded to your artwork, who have been, you know, very emotionally pulled into your artwork on your site, on your social. So you are making a huge, huge impact. But I can imagine that that as with any artist, especially one who's doing this work full time and they're sustaining themselves as a as a human being, as an entrepreneur and as a business, that it, it takes an emotional toll. And I don't want to talk about the, you know, necessarily the negative, but what I'm interested in, Andrea, is how do you recharge? How do you how do you find the energy after you've given so much of yourself to a piece or a series of pieces? Does that does that make sense as a question? I, yes, yes, it does because you speaking from me, you know, I it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of time. The day I painted Nina Simone and I was on my feet for at least 15 hours. So it's a lot. And I take when my body's not responding, when I feel agitated in my mind, I just take a step back. I relax. You know, I go to nature, parks, just do things that I like to do. I will read a book, just really subtle things and, and recharge my mind and then get back at it again. Because it's, it's very important. You're using your energy, using your mind. You could get burnt out. You know, people don't realize that artists think a lot. It's a thinking kind of thing. You and you know? never switch off, it feels. No, I, two o'clock in the morning, I'm getting ideas and visions. It's crazy. But you have to learn how to switch off. That's the key. You have to teach yourself how to switch off and relax. Because if you don't, you will go to sleep five, six in the morning. You know, just like what used to happen to me. And um, it took a toll on my body and, and my mind as well. Sure. So I started to exercise and well I've always been exercising but more meditation or you know I will take a day and just do nothing because you need that it's important balance for sure one of the things and I'm 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 taking notes and I, I just for all of those people listening I you know, even in the conversation I had with Andrea recently, I took a bunch of notes and, and have a bunch of things that I'm learning from these conversations because they're really, really inspiring, but they're also applicable to different people in different walks of life. I also read somewhere that you were a um, you were a mentor, and I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you've ever done that type of work, but I have. you have. So who do you mentor and, and how is that process work? Do you mentor other uh, young women who are artists? Do you mentor? I, just, I have, yeah. yeah, I mentor young women that are artists as well, you know, but mentoring as well is um, time consuming. Yeah, I was going to say the energy so you put into there. Yeah, so I tend not to take on too much. They are my mentees, so they could call me for advice whenever. But it's really to, um, you know, two young artists I have right now. So it's really to just guide them, but let them know that you have to have your own unique way of doing things. I always tell people, my journey, the way I did things mightn't be yours. There's an artist that made half a million selling stickers. There's not a set formula then. You have to do things the way it's fit for you. 
You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's what makes you special. It what it's what makes you unique, and you have to yeah. you have to lean into that, right? Yeah, there's different lanes to the success thing. You know, creativity is such a wide range from writers to to you know, artists to to actors. There's no rule book, but you have to figure out who you are, and also stay true to self, regardless of what anyone thinks. Stay true to yourself because that is what is going to make you stand out. And it's okay to be different. Trust me. Andrea, that's just remarkable. I I don't think I've uh, met any artist with quite the unique uniqueness in their art. But um, when I'm finding out a little bit more about you or more about you through these conversations, definitely one, one in a million, one in a billion, one in seven billion, definitely unique. I just have one last question for you, Andrea, and that is, um, that is really about your your career and where you know you continue to go on different paths. And if you are able to share, you know what's next for Andrea McKenzie? What like what 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 is next? Should people uh, be looking same? out for something big, or we'll keep that? Well, well, we I can't really speak about it. Because uh, I knew it. I knew there was something. My contract, <laughs> you know, I can't speak about it. I would say that my life is really a whole adventure and I don't really plan because stuff just pops up for me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'll get a call like, you know, right now my um, I have uh, a piece in the National American African Music Museum in, in Tennessee, you know, and that was just a pop-up out of nowhere. Hi, I saw your art, we want to, you know, and my Miles Davis is there right now. So, yeah, but some good positive stuff, you know, is coming. I not to, not that I can, but still, I don't like to talk about my stuff until it materializes fully. Well, what what I would recommend fans and people who are curious, because I, I was hoping to get a big scoop, Andrea. I know I'm not, I didn't, I'm didn't I get the scoop. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I knew that. <laughs> what this is the perfect lead in to say if people want to, Find out what is next for Andrea. Number one, check out her website, andreauniqueart.com, I believe is the site. Go there and check out a lot of Andrea's pieces and just understand a little bit more of Andrea's story or another piece of Andrea's story. Also, I believe your your Instagram is andreas.heart, right? Is that? Yes. Is that? yes. So that's yes. Andrea with an S point heart. And um, they can follow you there to find some uh, some of the work that you're doing. Andrea McKenzie, I really, really thank you for taking the time in your busy day, busy schedules, and when you need to recharge to spend with um, my audience and, uh, and, 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 and helping us understand how you create these visual masterpieces. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So there you have it. The conversation continues. As noted off the top, part of our show was recorded and produced at the soundstage and auditory office of 54 Lights. And while our stage is small, our lights together shine brightly. This season, more than most, has been produced in partnership with some incredible people, ones I typically avoid rattling off anonymously, and today will be no exception. I know who you are, I know where to find you, and I shall. Before I go, a special shout out to my amazing guest who joined me from her home in Atlanta. 
Thank you endlessly, Andrea. And of course, my enormous gratitude goes to you, the listener, for lending me your ears. My name again is Kundwani. Here's hoping you find yourself in every play. It's been fierce as usual. Until we speak again. Thanks for listening.